I V M. Coming up next on this episode of Pesa Vaisa, investing in interesting times. Yes, I get the reference to the Chinese curse, guys, but. We all know the times that we are living in right now, and I know that a lot of you have a lot of questions on just making sense of what's going on in the markets, on the investment front, and generally making sense of things. My guest Radhika Gupta, CEO of Edelweiss AMC. We're going to do this on a Zoom call. The audio quality might not be that great because, well, we're not in the studio, but we hope to be back in the studio soon. I hope that your best wishes are with us, and I hope that all of you are staying safe. So, coming up next, really special episode of Pesa Pesa. Folks, welcome to Pesa Pesa. I'm your host Arupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and well, the show must go on. These are extraordinarily tough times. Something that a lot of us haven't seen. This environment, I mean, it's been compared to the World War, so it's tough. And I hope that all of you, your near and dear ones, your families are all staying safe in these difficult times. And a special thank you to each and every one. from our authorities you know whether it's a bmc or the police the state government or the central government whoever is on the front line all the doctors all the medical staff all the volunteers whoever is on the front line our deep hearted thanks to all of them you are our heroes so folks to you know to go through these tough times and especially what's happening in the markets as you would have seen every day is just some kind of crazy moves plus 5% down 5% and the lot of it doesn't even make sense the this quarter the quarter ended march has been one of the worst since the 2008 crisis because this is well you know to repeat the word a crisis and to make sense of this to tell us what you should do what you shouldn't do and how to read things going forward i have with me a really special guest a returning guest i'm really happy to have her on the show radhika gupta CEO at Edelweiss AMC. If you're following her on Twitter, you would see that her timeline is thankfully full of positivity and a lot of advice. Hats off to the Edelweiss team because they're doing a lot of communication with all the investors and everywhere to just you know navigate these very difficult times. So let's start with this recording. It's <laughs> I don't want to call it the market meltdown special, but we'll figure out the title later. But let's start with this. Adika, thank you so much. Thank you for. uh you know for doing this uh, i wish we were in the studio but we are not you are in your home i am in my home we are doing this over zoom for folks the quality of this uh, audio recording might not be the great but we are doing the best we can adhika welcome to the show let's start off thank you thank you for having me i realize i am a third time returning guest on my show so thank you uh, thank you for that listen thank you to you and your listeners for tolerating me multiple times and <laughs> as i said we are doing this i think it's extraordinary that we can still manage to do this uh you know instead of in your studio sitting in our t-shirt and pajamas across zoom i <laughs> uh, still have a conversation in these kind of times i think it's super cool that we can do that yes so radhika let's start off uh, you know when i read your tweets uh, in some of them you you've made references to the 2008 crisis so what exactly is happening for someone say who started his sip 3 or 4 years ago with all the communication that has gone in with all the awareness program that have gone in how does one make sense of what we are seeing right now in the markets we are now in april march thankfully is over and it's been a really bad month so just walk us through you know just to answer the question what is happening right now 
So I think, and I'll be, I'll be a little honest. I think there are two kind of investors, and I think the investor who saw two thousand and eight, which is why I make so much reference to it, is probably a lot more comfortable right now. But I think for the investor who's a post two thousand and eight investor, uh, the two thousand and fourteen kind of investor, as you said, it is a confusing time. I will mm. not take away from that. In fact, you are probably looking at the screen and wondering. what is going on i think the first message i want to tell the investor is this is reality it had to happen now whether mm-hmm. it happened in 2020 or 22 or whether it happened because of a war or corona or some reason this was going to happen you know once in a decade once in 15 years once in 10 years and by the way i do believe that these so called events meltdowns black swans as you call them they're actually going to get more and more frequent in the world that we live in so this mm. has to happen as part of your journey and i always tell you know young anupam investment analysts who join me that it's very popular to say the investment professional you have to see a cycle or i want to tell investors you have to see a cycle and this is your time to see that cycle and the cycle is not easy but the cycle is going to teach you a lot you're going to become a much better investor after that cycle i mean i was slapped personally as an investor in 2008 doctor support that doctor support that let's make this pause you know let's tell us about how you went through that what was that like you know it was very interesting so i started earning in 2005 and i started saving in 6 obviously and you take a little bit of time to get into the mold of investing and i have to admit i was 24 bonuses were really good on wall street and uh, i was like okay let's put this all into equities i thought i was much smarter than i was i'm going to come <laughs> wall street professional etc so put 100% of my money into equities this is 2006 7 so it's great and then and i was like i'm young i should just do equities you know whatever and everyone was doing it and then anupam 2008 happened and now what happened to me is not only did my portfolio value half I worked for a company, an asset management company, whose AUM halved. Uh, wow. My husband is also in the same profession. He worked for Goldman. Goldman stock collapsed. Our bonuses <laughs> collapsed. The returns of our funds collapsed. So everything collapsed together, times two. Uh-huh. And then, incidentally, we had to move back to India in two thousand and nine because we took that decision. And when we had to move back, we redeemed the funds, uh, obviously at substantial losses. And for me, that was my first big realization that listen, I am basically very levered to markets. I'm like a five x bet on markets because of who my husband is as a household. And so, my personal finances have to be super conservative. and i learned about this then and so now i make sure that my investments and i can talk about more uh, there are actually far more conservative even though i am a markets professional so i hold a lot of conservative instruments because i realize that the rest of my life is very very aggressive and that's why i am a lot more comfortable in 2020 it's a much easier crisis for me to handle financially than 2008 was okay so messages now you know in the sense that just an answer to the simple question what should we do you know and you can break down the category of investors anywhere that you can you can look at someone who has for example whose sip is 3 years old 5 years old i think even 10 year sips aren't doing exactly great so i wanted to talk about two specific aspects one from your own experience which is which is asset allocation okay. and the second is what should i do now with my sips let's just answer those two very specific questions What should I do on asset allocation? And you know, before and, you yeah. go into asset allocation and SIPs, 
I think hmm. for 80-90% of the world, the first thing you should not do is react dramatically. I've said wow. this on social media itself. There's a beautiful quote that, you know, when you're stuck in a storm, it's not a time to make big strategic decisions because your mind is very clouded. Even as a CEO running a business, this is not the time to make large portfolio changing decisions because your thinking is very colored. And in a crisis, you know, in a bull market, we tend to paint a very rosy picture of the world. In a bear market like this, you you tend to paint an overly pessimistic picture of the world. So the minimum I want to tell people who are listening is don't react dramatically because you're probably going to take extreme steps that are not good for you. I actually see transactions on a farm of people not only cancelling SIPs, but taking money and moving it from small cap funds to overnight funds. I mean, this is just sheer fear. And that shouldn't happen because right now, remember, the losses that you see are notional. When you press that exit button and act, those losses become real. So don't act. That's that's step one. Um, For an SIP investor specifically, what you will feel like is my returns are super negative. Remember why you did the SIP. You probably did the SIP for a goal. That goal was a long-term goal. It was probably a five to seven-year goal. Um, Keep that goal in mind and don't react. Don't stop your SIP. Obviously, if you have income or job challenges, then things are very different. But remember, you did SIP so that you could actually accumulate more units through this market correction. So please don't go out and stop your SIP if your circumstances let you not stop your SIP. That's the biggest disservice that you can do to yourself. Have the courage to get through. I also want to tell you that, you know, there are lots of these messages that float around saying SIP investors have not made any returns for the last four years. Don't measure equity performance at the bottom of a cycle or at the bottom of an extraordinary event. It's like me telling you, Anupam, if you were a salaried employee, I'm going to do your appraisal after the worst month you've had in the year. And just judge you basis that. That's probably not such a good idea, is it? No. So, Radhika, I think that's a nice comprehensive answer to begin with. You know, that uh, right now when you do anything, you're actually making notional losses real. As you said that you you actually know people who are probably stopping a mid-cap or, or a small-cap SIP and putting it into an overnight fund or whatever. That's when you're actually, you know, making the notional losses real. And that you should not be comparing an S something like an SIP, which is a long-term product when it's at its worst cycle. We've got that part, you know, and I am continuing my SIPs. That much I know for sure. I don't know about the listeners, but I hope that your answer has helped them through that. Tell me about the brave. You know, some people who say that, okay, why don't I start an SIP right now? Tell us about your thoughts on that. So I think, look, there is, you know, the old saying about being greedy and starting to invest when markets collapse is a very valid one. Um, I would also say that obviously markets are a game. I mean, someone told me very interestingly today that mutual funds are not like buying soap. When you know, you know, when you buy soap that, you know, you wash yourself and you smell nice. With mutual funds, it's a little bit of a risk reward, right? Either you'll make money or you may not make money, right? I found that interesting. Now, your chances of making money if you invest after the market has fallen 20-30% are probably better than your chances of making money if you invest after the market is up 20-30%. I mean, this is just basic common sense. And I mean, this is common sense that everyone reiterates. Obviously, the challenge of investing at a time like now that people commonly face is 
Look, the markets are down 30. I invested and what if they fall another 10%? I would say this, that, you know, there are great opportunities that are coming. There are companies that are down 50, 60, 70%. And, you know, obviously funds are down that much. So there is an opportunity to invest. If you're investing, one, be prepared that you're not going to time the bottom perfectly. Nobody, nobody times it. The best of fund managers don't. So if you're investing, be prepared that you could lose another 10%. But look, if you're investing over five years, you've got things and I mean, you've got things at a 30, 40% discount. Now, if you didn't get a 70% discount, just keep that in mind. Second, you can also stagger your investments. SIPs are a good idea to start. If you're doing lump sum investments, we've also told people that if you don't want to be completely heroic, but want to start getting your feet wet, the three-month STP is a very good option to look at. Uh, so that's also something that you can do because, you know, uh, that will smoothen out a little bit of this volatility. It's very hard to predict, Anupam, what will happen when this COVID-19 threat will get over, whether things will bounce back super sharply. You know, so in 2001, markets fell and the bounce back happened in a month. In 2008, it took a year plus for the bounce back to happen. So no one can really time that. In that sense, an STP helps you a little bit. Okay. There was some very interesting data that Niranjan from Edelweiss had shared, uh, I think, yesterday. The, his tweet reads like this. You see, He says, gaining from downside protection since year 2000. And I'm just stating the facts, uh, listeners. This is not any opinion. This is not anything. These are just pure facts. This is past performance. Where he says that since year 2000, markets have clocked negative returns for six years. In 2000, it was down 13%. 2001, minus 15%. 2008, minus 51%. 2011 minus 23% and 2015 minus 3% and 2020 year to date we are down 29% and he's saying by protecting just 10% of downside in these years your portfolio returns would have been 184% higher. Can we just make this a bit simpler for our listeners Radhika because we're just talking about past data. This is not about what's going to happen in the future. This is not I, I just want to understand this this you know this very interesting research uh, uh, data point better for our listeners. So I'm going to simplify the same point that the data is trying to explain with a very basic mathematical example. And I think it's a very powerful example. So if you have 100 rupees and your 100 rupees becomes 25 rupees, right? To go from, or your 100 rupees becomes 80 rupees, sorry. So you've gone from 100 rupees to 80 rupees. To go back from 80 to 100, so you lost 20% of your money when you went from 100 to 80. To go back from 80 to 100, how much do you need to make back? You need to make back 25%. Right? 25%. Yep. Now assume your 100 rupees went to 50 rupees. So you lost 50%. To mm. go back from 50 to 100, back to your capital, what do you need to make? You need to make 100% return. In the first scenario, you lost 20% to win back to par, just to where you started, you needed to make 25%. In the second scenario, if you lost 50 to go back to 100, you actually need to double your money. And what Niranjan is trying to say with that data, which is something that we say is it's very important. And this is where the whole point of asset allocation comes in to control your losses. Because one of the challenges is that if your losses are so hard to bear, then coming back takes forever. And a lot of people just don't have that staying power. I mean, there's a beautiful example from history that one of the reasons that Russia is so conservative as a country compared to the U.S. is that both of them won World War II, but Russia lost 10x the time number of soldiers that the U.S. did in World War II. So sometimes crisis, if you lose too much in a battle, 
it's very hard to continue. You know, your losses can't be more than you bear. Um, mm. And that's what that tra- example is trying to illustrate with the help of simple math. And that's why we keep making, by the way, that point about asset allocation, that if your overall portfolio is down 50%, you know, you have that human tendency to just say, forget this all. I'm never investing again. I'm sitting in the bank. I can't handle this. But if your portfolio is down 10, 15%, you know, somehow you emotionally have staying power. Wow. So just walk us through that. This is such a powerful point because people, for some reason, refuse to look at us at portfolio level performance. You know, they are just so caught up with this market is down 30% and this and that. I want to wrap up this episode with on this exact point, asset allocation, because, you know, there is one group of people who believe so much in finding the bottom and investing in the bottom. Maybe it's an ego thing. But what I've realized is, you know, any stock that falls 50% can then fall 90%. So each time that you think that you're actually buying something cheap, you don't know what's going to happen next. And that's why portfolio performance and that's why asset allocation makes such a big difference. So just walk us through this, as this, you know, your entire thought process on this asset allocation framework, which I think, you know, times like these bring out the importance of asset allocation, maybe it's once in 10 years. But when you see your portfolio's hit is just 10-20% because, you know, you were smart enough to park some money in a debt fund. I don't know. So just take us through that. So I think asset allocation is a big word, but actually it's very simple. It's just not putting all your eggs in one basket. And that one basket is Indian equities. When you do asset allocation, what do you do? You take your 100 rupees and you put maybe 50 in equities. You put some amount in fixed income. You put some amount in gold. Maybe you put some amount in some dollar investments because, by the way, the rupee has also collapsed. Now, a lot of people think, why do I need to do this? I have a 10-year holding period. Equities is the highest return asset class. And, you know, why do I need to have any debt? Exactly. And then these years like this happen. And they look at their 100% equity portfolios, kind of like me in 2008, Anupam. And they're like, I need money to take out. But damn it, this is 50% down. Should I take it out at a loss? Now, when you have a portfolio that has some element of debt, debt is providing that cushion. So 50% of your portfolio may be down 30%. But there's some part of your portfolio that's actually up 3-4%. So on an aggregate basis, you're sitting at 20%. And if you need to take out some money for some expenses or some crisis, life is uncertain. And times like these are uncertain, by the way. Um, Then you have that debt portion of your portfolio. And also, you know, 20% gives you staying power that 50% doesn't. We are human, we are emotional, and there's a certain amount of panic. Asset allocation helps you control that panic. In a sense, I feel like it's that thing that lets you live in the market to fight another day. And a lot about investing is just being there to fight another day and a week and a year and times after that. Okay, Radhika, so I think, you know, some very important lessons from whatever you've said to us so far. I think the first one to me was a very good one. A very important one that is don't do anything in panic. If you're selling out, you know, just because uh, you're seeing so much of red and so much of losses in your portfolio, just think for a while because then you make the notion losses into real. So I think that is the one lesson that you want to just think and pause and reflect. Doing anything in panic might not be the right decision. That's the first one. The second one is understand the math. Or when a stock falls or when your portfolio falls, like Adhika said, when you go from 100 to 80, it's a 20% fall. But when you go from 80 to 100, it's a 25% rise. Okay, so understand how that works. That might help you to you know, understand how asset prices move. And the third one, 
is asset allocation and the importance of diversification at a time like this. Okay, so you want to look at different assets. Now, what those assets are would depend on your risk return profile, where you are in terms of your age and all that. So you might just want to think about that, put a pen in, you know, piece of paper or an Excel file and figure out your asset allocation. We don't give specific recommendations out here. And I'm very, you know, and I'm actually not sorry about that because that's one thing for Pesa Pesa. Uh, we're not out here to give recommendations. That's for you to figure out uh, on, on your own. But I think the knowledge is something that we would definitely like to share with our listeners. And I hope that Radhika has conveyed a lot of these important messages to you. Last question to you, Radhika. Yeah, my WhatsApp groups are just full. You know, so it's it's so extreme. There is one group which is saying, this is important. Buy this, buy this, buy that. The other is saying, no, this is the end of the world. This will happen. And then there are all kinds of rumors flying in the air. My God, you know, sometimes for someone who's not, you know, who's not accustomed to uh, this kind of a uh, sheer flow of stuff. How do you navigate this? You know, news, rumors, what do we do? So we are in, and I'm glad you asked me that we are in a world that is surrounded by news. I mean, you know, my husband and I were just discussing, we're both capital markets professionals. Both of us have individually exited about 10 WhatsApp groups in the last two weeks. <laughs> okay. I'm not kidding because there are so many messages on COVID, which is a very serious issue. And I only want commentary on that that is genuine and factual and very few people have factual things to say about it and medical professionals do and similarly on the markets and my recommendation to people is honestly to watch a little less news and also to look at their portfolios on a little less if you look at your portfolios once a quarter you know what the news does it tells you to look at your portfolio every day and that's going to spread panic so News should be relevant to your portfolio. If there's something material that's happened in mutual funds and you are an investor in those funds, by all means, you should be taking action. If there's something that ha- that's happened in a bank and you're a customer of a bank, by all means, you should be taking action. But random news for the sake of public watching news, I would encourage you not to believe rumors about anybody, any organization, anything. If you have facts, ask questions. There are enough resources in the world of social media that you will get an answer from the horse's mouth. Do not believe extreme optimism. Do not believe extreme pessimism. These are times to listen to people who are a little balanced. Um, And if you can't find people who are balanced, then shut off. But extreme optimism and extreme pessimism is probably not good for you. I am going to narrate you a tiny story um, that I think might help. There's so much advice floating around on how you should manage your money and who you should be. So I had shared some part of my personal story on investing and what I had done similar to what I had narrated to you, Anupam. And someone came back to me and told me that you have a very conservative investment style. What would Warren Buffett say if he heard about your story? Because he believes in 100% equities. And I wrote to that person, I said, actually, with all due respect, it doesn't matter what Warren Buffett says, because my circumstances are very different from his circumstances. He's a billionaire with a certain net worth and a certain set of circumstances. I am me with my own circumstances. And I think that's what I would communicate to listeners, that you have your own set of circumstances. And ultimately, I mean, Anupam, you said very rightly, we don't give advice your personal finances are a function of your circumstances. So let's listen to the stuff around you, but take decisions that are right for you. I do believe in investing. You don't have to be a guru. You don't have to be a trader. You don't have to be Warren Buffett. You just need to make sensible investment decisions with a little bit of common sense and a little bit of good principles. 
um, and that should be about it. I can see from your timeline, you're, you're, my God, you're getting a lot of questions right left and center, Adhika. And thank you so much, you know, for actually keeping communication lines open. I think that's great. That is something we did not have in 2008. I, you know, I was also there at that point of time. And I remember that we didn't have this option to actually directly ask uh, fund managers and, you know, people from the industry our questions. So thank you so much for doing that on your social media timeline and also for doing this recording for us folks that is a wrap on this episode of Pesa Besa. the key messages do not panic think number two asset allocation number three diversification and number four mathematics so you want to just think about all of this all of uh, of what you've heard and please be very well informed before you take any decision whatsoever you know do all your research do all your homework and then and then do whatever you want to do, honestly, because we out here believe in giving you the necessary information and perspectives that could hopefully make you make smarter financial decisions. That is the wrap on this episode of Pesa folks. We are trying our best to have guests on the show and we hope to have new episodes for you every Monday. Stay safe, guys. These are really tough times and I hope that all of you are staying safe, staying healthy. And I wish us all the very best that these times get over really soon. Radhika, thank you so much for doing this for us. Thank you. Stay safe, stay happy, stay smiling. Thank you, Radhika, for that end note of optimism. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.